We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss, the best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. How about it? Happy Tuesday out there. July 25th, 2023 edition of the Gabe Coon Show. Welcome in. I am your host, Gabe Coon, on Twitter, on X. At G underscore Coon 71. I'm alongside the producer of the show today and for, I guess, indefinitely until we get Connor Dunning back. <laughs> Connor Dunning barbenheimed a little too hard, so he is at home with a sickness. Brad Carson is in. At Brad Carson is where you can find him on Twitter. Or X. Brad, how's it hanging? It's hanging good, man. Good to yeah, be here. Yeah. How's the first six months on the job? Oh, we it's haven't, great, We haven't brother. talked about that it's really. It's great. It's, it's been fantastic. Love it. Good response. We don't say that enough. We enjoy having you here. Yeah. You've done a great job. Well, why, why I hope, I hope thank your you. bosses are telling you that. <laughs> why? You know, weirdly enough, I hear I hear That's that a good. fair amount from, good. from that guy is there. It, is, it, is it a good day? That guy there in the control room. I had a cake here your first day, and I haven't brought any cakes in lately. Yeah, so. we had we had uh, uh, Fruity Pebbles ice cream as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, we probably still have some left over. <laughs> we had a lot that of that. Yeah. What was that, Bluebell? Did you give it away? Yeah, Bluebell. Uh, I think it's all gone. I checked the other day in the freezer. It's gone. You checked? Yeah, oh, so I you actually were trying did. To get some more you know how nice. sometimes you got the munchies, and you're like, yeah, hey, yeah, I'll yeah. go check that freezer. It was gone. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Now, see man. Now, we have three years of talk. Yep. As as normal, courtesy way, of ninety two nine ESPN and nine ninety two nine FM yeah, ESPN and 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 who and yours truly yours truly yours truly and yes, I, I'm going to open today on really stadium renovations and what is going to happen in the city of Memphis with this three hundred fifty million dollar influx of money that has been given by the state of Tennessee to the city of Memphis Sam Hardiman and honestly I, I got to be honest the 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 Daily Memphians done a great job with this story Sam Hardiman. Wrote a story, if you can go read it, Memphis got money for stadiums three months ago. Where do the deals stand? And then Jeff, who we'll talk to, at five, he wrote a column. Is there enough cash for the Grizzlies and the football stadium? Turns out, maybe not. I know you heard him this morning, but I I certainly want to get his thoughts at five o'clock on where this is headed. I'll give you my thoughts off the top. Now, we do have, because it's AAC Media Days. Ryan Silverfield, Seth Hennigan, Jalen Allen, oh. uh, Simeon Blair, Jacob Likes. They all stepped up to the mic today. Yeah. Along with Biff Poggy. I want to get the Charlotte head coach. That Shout was fun. That was fun. You, uh, yeah, he, you know, we'll do that. Okay. We'll do that in a little Save bit. It. Save but it. Seth Hennigan oh, yes. has carved out a little time today at 4.30. Hey. So uh, Tiger, star quarterback, will join the show from Arlington here at the bottom of the hour. Nice. Um, and also, as, as is customary on a Tuesday, Christian Fowler. 6 o'clock, Bluff City Media, on the Bluff Podcast with me. Get it wherever you find your podcast, YouTube. Get it on Spotify, Apple, whole nine yards. 
at some point, we're going to get a trip around NFL training camp. There's a lot going on. Zach Martin's holding out, out with the Cowboys. We'll get to that in the Blitz. We have Saquon Barkley agreeing to a uh, not-so-fun deal there, Brad. I got to say, running backs, they got on a Zoom call, and uh, Saquon did not do anything to help their case today. One-year, $11 million incentive-laden deal. Right there above what the franchise tender was going to be with Gosh. the Giants. So I'll, I'll get into that uh, before we get out with a rewind around 6.50. But um, when it comes to the Daily Memphian and their coverage of the stadium renovations, they've done a great job. So get over to dailymemphian.com. Uh, we have Jeff Calkins' column up, and there's also Sam Hardiman. Uh, you know, very, very uh, information-laden article he wrote. Memphis got money for stadiums three months ago. Where do the deal stand? Now, where do the deal stand? Sam Hardiman's reporting that Mayor Strickland traveled to Indianapolis in June to look at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. And that's in Indianapolis, right? The arena um, sort of serves as the model for what FedEx Forum wants to be when it comes to these renovations. Now, Gainbridge Fieldhouse was renovated in 2019 at a cost to taxpayers of at least $412 million. Only $350 million coming into Memphis for these renovations. Now, construction costs have exploded since then. So, if you're talking about a 2023 cost for renovations that, if you're going from Gainbridge and you're trying to project those onto FedEx Forum, probably in the $450 to $500 million range. Now, if that is the case, the question then becomes, where does the city go in finding $150 million to $200 million for the University of Memphis and Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium? I mean, we, we can leave Soccer Stadium, 901 FC. Um, uh, we can leave that out. We can leave AutoZone Park out because it seems like a lost cause considering what the renovations may be at FedEx Forum. Now, I, I do agree. I want to say this off the top. I do agree with Jeff's sentiment. Jeff Calkin said, every dollar that goes into FedEx Forum can't go into Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. He also said every dollar that goes into Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium can't go into FedEx Forum. And the overarching point is you don't want to piss off the Grizzlies because they can leave the University of Memphis, ultimately can't. Now, I think it's entirely possible, plausible, realistic, that the visit to Cambridge Fieldhouse was truly a look around to decide what could and should be done to FedEx Forum. I think that much is clear. I don't think, though, we need to make this step yet in equating $412 million in renovations in 2019 to 450 to $500 million in 2023-24 in Memphis. I don't necessarily know because the Grizzlies have been rather quiet about what they want in renovations, as generally is the, is the case in these situations. They've been quiet. I, but I think it's a larger jump to, to take the step in saying that they will want the exact renovations that Gamebridge Fieldhouse took. Is it realistic? Yes. The question becomes for me, how much more do the Grizzlies want out of FedEx for them? I think a, a solid suggestion, um, if we want to disperse money in an even way and get all of the renovations that we want in this city, I, I think you look at, at Robert Para. He could make up the difference. He's rich. He's 15, $15.5 billion. He's 11th richest owner in pro sports. He could cough up the money, but the only problem there is um, he has absolutely spent a lot of money on the Grizzlies, a lot, millions and millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars yearly to be able to keep up what's going on in a small market. He has supported this small market. That's the truth of it. 
and you don't want to risk making him and the organization mad. It's not a risk worth taking. Ultimately, I think two things are true at the same time. One, the Grizzlies are a priority. They can move. University of Memphis can't. And you don't want them to move. They're our pro sports franchise. We've latched on to them. There's a good young core. Uh, best years seemingly are ahead of them. You don't want to make them mad and make them leave. But two, and this is, this is something I, I, I really hold, hold true to my heart. I think there's more upside in renovating Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. So one, the Grizzlies are the priority, but I do think there's more upside in renovating what the Liberty Bowl is. FedEx Forum ultimately, let's talk about it. It's a nice stadium. It is. It's 20 years old. I get that. And they, you could make some uh, moves around the edges, renovate it how you want to renovate it. Um, but it's, it's a nice stadium. It's in a good spot down there on Beale. Uh, you have a good influx of people going down Beale Street and then drinking and eating. It's good for the economy where it's sitting. And the stadium itself, decent food, decent drink. That's truth. I mean, I, I saw the, it was the article. This is a little tongue-in-cheek, but Sportsbooks Online – .com, it's a comparison site. Use Yelp, TripAdvisor, Google reviews of all 29 NBA arenas to find out which is the highest rated by the public. The forum had an average score of 4.57 and 7,248 reviews. That was number one in the NBA as far as reviews are concerned. I don't think there's a massive issue with that stadium right this second. The shape of that stadium, the shape of that arena does not keep people from showing. So that's the truth. That's my truth. I think that's the full truth of what where we're at with FedEx Forum. Now, on the other hand, <laughs> Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, the Liberty Bowl. It was made in 1965. And the facilities are much older, much more uh, decrepit. Is decrepit a fair word for, for yeah, where we're at? That probably hits it. Um, and improving it does what? What does it do? One... It helps affirm the potential of a trajectory into the Power Five for Memphis Athletics. That's what it does first. And two, if you get into that Power Five, with that, more money for the university based on potential conference games, that would equal more money for the local economy, more butts in the seats, more people traveling from out of town because in the Big 12, for example, they travel a whole lot better than Tulsa does. That's the truth. So I feel like if we're prioritizing what needs to be done first, I feel as if, realistically, Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium is in in dire need of upgrades a lot more than FedEx Forum. Now, is that how this is going to work? Probably not. No. No, absolutely not. I don't believe that. You don't want to piss off the Grizzlies and let them leave town. We get that. You want them to have another 25-year lease so they have a long stay in Memphis. You want FedEx Forum to be taken care of so they feel that type of way. But Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium needs this. The University of Memphis needs this in a massive, massive way. And I think there's something to be said about Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium being the home of the Tigers, home of Memphis football. What other, what other products are in, in town? I guess you could drive down 45 minutes to an hour, Ole Miss, right? You could, you could make some trips to some SEC. But right here in Memphis, we have one football team, ultimately, that plays in the fall, and that's the Memphis Tigers. And if you try to boost that up, 
bring people from around Memphis, try to rally around a metropolitan city and their football team, I feel like there's some upside to that. Even more so than upgrading the FedEx Forum right this second. And I think if I had it my way, which again, I'm not going to have it my way. Like, I, I mean, if I, if I had it my way, <laughs> I feel as if the Grizzlies, being in this city, being in Memphis, could show good faith to the university, to the people that support the school, to the University of Memphis. They could show good faith by allowing them to get the money, $150 million to $200 million that they need for those stadiums. I know that I'm not going to have it my way. I know that these things do not work out perfectly all the time. But I feel like what I'm bringing up is relatively reasonable in the grand scheme of making a sports market out of this city prosper. Again, I I don't think that this is going to happen the way I think the Grizzlies will want as much money as they can out of that $350 million dollars. They're going to want to make all these different renovations that they found that they wanted from Gamebridge Arena in Indianapolis. But I think what I'm saying is relatively reasonable. And I'll just sort of leave it at that. I mean, I, 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 I just know that there are a lot of people that want to keep the Grizzlies in Memphis. I want to keep the Grizzlies in Memphis. It's our one professional franchise. But if you can boost our sports market, I feel like there's more upside right there on Central and Hollywood. I think you laid it out really good if the Grizzlies weren't here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're going to take their money. I, I, I fully They're going to take all the money. It's all going to go there. Yeah. yeah. I have I, I resigned so myself kind of a no, to the fact. It's a non-starter. I, I think the what... What and I'm not trying to transition you, but the football fee, the football on the field will be now the end all be all at this point, short of the money. Yeah, I, 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 I listen. I, I, I think what I'm saying um, in the Grizzlies' eyes, their franchise. I think it would be it's it's unreasonable. They want these renovations done, and they want all the money they can get to get those renovations done. But if we were thinking about the city of Memphis and the sports market as a whole, I feel like the upside at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, and upgrading it would yep. do more for this sports market than upgrading the FedEx Forum. But ultimately, sometimes we can get selfish. We want our own things to prosper. And if, if the Grizzlies want to improve the Grizzlies franchise over improving the sports market in Memphis, they're going to want to do that. I think they want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're correct. Yep. But – I, th- I hold some things near and dear. It's kind of like... I hold some things near and dear, Brad, and you can yes. sort of tell no, I, my thought process. I do, here. too. Like I, I, I was disappointed when Stan Kroenke moved the Rams out of St. Louis, but the Cardinals weren't going to help him uh, build a new stadium in St. Louis. The city might have, but the Cardinals weren't. You know, I, I think that's kind of where it is. These, these are businesses. You know? yeah. um, it, it does make me sad, though, if, if we're giving another opinion on it, because I think that it's right in the center of our city. It is the iconic football stadium for our only stadium for our city, really, if, if you look at it. There's no other stadiums around here. You'd have to go to an SEC school, right? Um, it also is sad because what could 2 or $3 million do to AutoZone Park, right? That, that part of it. You, you mentioned that that's not even a, a thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I will point out that 
you know, FedEx form does help the university. You know, that's where the basketball team plays. Yes, that's where they have their uh, I, their uh, I graduations. Agree. I completely you know. agree. No, and, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disputing any of that. And it is six games a year, seven, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm not disputing any of that. I, I, I think there's something to be said though about the football product having its own time in the calendar and having everyone's attention. That's and yes. that's sort of where I where I'm drawing my line to a certain extent. Because I, I we've like also that. seen Memphis basketball twenty five percent down year to year over yeah. uh, ticket sales. Yes, the, both true. Of, both of those basketball seasons they run alongside each other, mm-hmm. and in a working class city, it's it's hard to go by both. You pick one or the other, generally speaking. Yes. Whereas with football, you you upgrade the stadium. Ultimately, that gets you to a better trajectory. You, you get better players. You have a better product. You get more people out there. I, I just think there's more growth to be had by upgrading Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium from our sports market perspective. But again, that's not how everybody's thinking in this current situation. You want to look out for yourself. You want to look out for yourself. And I think that's, that's sort of the end-all, be-all in some of these conversations around money. Uh, AAC Media Days today. That's, that's always fun. It's always fun. Or not so, not so much. Um, we did have our man Mike Oresco step to the mic and do the group of five power five things. So... <laughs> that was expected, yep. and he always delivers. He always delivers. He he will uh, he will absolutely fill you in on how he feels about that every chance <laughs> he gets. Even though he wrote a t- he tabbed a two thousand what is it two thousand five hundred <laughs> word letter yeah, yeah. about it. Um, but the preseason <laughs> media poll came out, and I'm not surprised by any of the top four, and I'm not surprised by Memphis being at four. It goes Tulane. They had twenty first place votes. UTSA with nine first place votes. SMU with three. Memphis with one at four, and the only other team that got a first-place vote was UAB in year one under Trent Dilfer. I find that a little bit strange, but it is what it is. But from five to 14, FAU, East Carolina, North Texas, UAB, Navy, Temple, Tulsa, Rice, South Florida, and Charlotte. Charlotte Charlotte at the the bottom. Mm, mm, Year mm. one with good old Biff Poggy. Biff Poggy? If you're wondering who Biff Poggy is, Biff Poggy was a – Associate head coach at Michigan under Jim Harbaugh for some years, and he really tends to act like Jim Harbaugh. He stepped up to the mic today. He fielded three questions, and uh, that didn't make him very happy. Any other questions for Coach? That's it? Three questions? Maybe that's because you have us ranked last. That's all what you think of us. <laughs> so that, that, we, we get that message. Thank you. <laughs> Biff was not playing today. He was not playing around. I, honestly, I, I think he does deserve a clap. This is this is the this is Harbaugh though. This is this he's got a, he's got to got the Harbaugh swag to him. I don't know if you've seen him on on Twitter or X, whatever the hell you want to call it. He's got a picture. You know how you know when you sign on to Twitter, it's usually just an egg, but it's like a yeah. it's like a cartoon egg. He actually has a picture of an egg he's holding in his <laughs> and he's a Division One A college football coach. But uh, he he's strange. Um, but he is not. He is not making a lot of friends in year one at Charlotte. Uh, if you've been paying attention this offseason, and I know Charlotte's a, a very, I'll put it the nice way, an under-the-radar program. Careful. <laughs> um, but he's already gone after his donors for not giving enough money in their NIL collective mm-hmm. and not giving enough money to make stadium upgrades, to do all these things. Um, he doesn't think they're doing enough in investing and transforming that football program. I don't know the ins and outs of Charlotte. But I can imagine a first-year head coach coming from Michigan 
who's never been a head coach before, saying that to his fans day one probably doesn't hit all that well. I do love the energy, but striking the podium and going after the media without having won or even played one game is just probably, I mean, that's bold. That's bold. You're going to have to follow it up with some wins or all of that's going to be for nothing, and you're going to look foolish. You're going to look foolish. And if you're, if, if you're just looking on the surface level of Charlotte getting picked last, that's sort of his, his gripe. You got picked last in, in the AAC. They won three games last year. They just they switched. They had to change head coaches. Biff Poggy has only been an analyst and associate head coach at Michigan. It was a strange way that he even got to Charlotte. And if you've been following their roster, how many? I'm going to set the over-under. I'm going to set the over-under at 35 new players. You go over, do you go under, Brad Carson? Oh, uh, over? 52 new players Way on that over. roster. How the hell are they supposed to pick you anything but last, Biff? Uh, there's no Now, choice. could they have asked you more than three questions? Sure, <laughs> but I don't know if there's a lot of questions to ask. Yeah, I mean. You're just in a bad spot. It's your first year. We're going to have to see things start shaking and moving in the right direction before we start asking you questions uh, that, that are worthwhile. I know it's unfortunate, and you, you may feel like you wasted time taking a three-hour flight all the way to Arlington. But, I mean, it's just sort of the – it is what it is, Biff. It I, is what it I is. I had no idea who Biff Poggy was until that clip. I mean, I ne- never heard of Biff Poggy. Yeah, he, but he's he's got – He's got your You're, attention, though, you, right? He's got your attention well, Poggy, now. You know, yeah. Here's the deal. He's got a, He's got two dub. Well, he's got one dub at the beginning with South Carolina State. He l- lucked out there. That's a dub, right? You would think. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But then you get Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> That's an L. That's an L, and it gets and tough. You for get it. You play. get it. Oh, he's conference. playing Florida this year too. <laughs> you get in a conference. Yikes. It's going to be a struggle. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's going to have a hard time. Yeah, but they're fourteen out of fourteen, and yeah. I and I understand it. Should he have gotten asked more than three questions? Sure, but it is what it is, Biff. We'll, we'll, we'll move go on. back when Fuente started at Memphis. I mean, it's not looking too much different. No, you got to turn it around. Yeah, you, you got to show me the show me the labor. Show game. me the results. Yeah. I want to see results. Um, now Memphis was at number four. They got the one first place vote. Uh, Ryan Silverfield, Coach Silverfield, stepped up to the mic and he said, "On being picked fourth, quote, we have not earned the right to be picked much higher." Now, I'll, I'll say this. He says the right things. And generally speaking, when you get to the offseason and he gets these transfer portal additions on the offensive line, the defensive line, and the secondary, he does the right things. But saying and doing the right things are different than actually, or, or different than actually getting results on the field during the season, getting to eight or nine wins. We've heard, it, we've heard him consistently, consistently have the right mindset, bring in seemingly the right guys, now, put that plan to action and get over the hump. Break out. Show, show what is possible at the University of Memphis. I do like that mindset, though, Brad. I can't lie to you. We have not earned the right to be picked much higher. Six and six, three and five in conference the last two years. That's probably the right take. That's the right take. But yeah. I need to see that right take transfer over to the football field and get you eight, nine wins, especially with this, this conference that you're, that you're now a part of with a bunch of new members that are not that good. That you're expected to beat. Um, I am of the opinion, too, number one, number two, Tulane and UTSA. I like Tulane, and I like what they've been able to do. No Ty J. Spears kind of worries me a little bit. I think they can replace him to a certain extent. Michael Pratt is very helpful. They've had some good uh, good stuff brewing on the defense or offensive line. 
defense. They're usually relatively solid under Willie Fritz. I, I, I like them at number one. UTSA, as much as I know what they have been the past two to three years, and the money they have invested, how well they've recruited, because Jeff Trailer has that massive contract. They're putting resources toward that program like they never have. Frank Harris is, is back as the quarterback. I don't know if I'm a full believer in UTSA year one in the AAC. The only reason I say that is because offensive line, their play has reduced the past two years. Sincere McCormick, I, I, people remember him. He ran for about 200 yards on Memphis two years ago, right? He's gone. Most of that offensive line is off to the NFL. Zachary Franklin caught for 1,600 yards last year and double-digit touchdowns. Where's he at? Down the road, no miss. Defensively, they've lost guys. I just don't know year to year if they're going to be able to get the same results that they did in this new AAC with some of the, some different teams they're playing, some different looks that they're going to be seeing. I'm just curious. I'm curious. A lot of JUCO transfers. Sure, sure. And they are the number one rated group of five recruiting class in 2023. Memphis was number two. Yep. So it's, it's just a different ball game, and, and I want to see how they, how they fare, ultimately. A sleeper, though. I'm, I'm going to name my one sleeper. Let's here. hear it. I know Florida Atlantic yeah. at number five. Florida Atlantic Herman? at number five. Tom Herman takes over. I've seen him in the AAC with Houston, and he brings mm-hmm. over who he had at the end there at Texas – yeah, and uh, and Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson's not the greatest quarterback in the world. Mm-hmm. He was just at Nebraska, but I, I feel like you bring him over, you have some familiarity there at this level. I feel like Casey Thompson could be a very solid quarterback. But they're at number five, right side, right outside of Memphis. But that's my sleeper this year in the. Uh, We've the seen AAC. that program with Lane. It, it's they've got some stuff. It's a great location, obviously. I mean, and Boca. Yeah. Yeah. Great location. <laughs> yeah. No, you can you can get that thing up and going. Right. It yeah. should be a, one of the bigger teams in this. In top, it should be a top five. Yeah, it's a great location. I just, I, I, I despised that stadium. Last time I played in that stadium, we got absolutely trounced by uh, uh, Western Kentucky. Yeah, I remember that yeah. Bowl game. But hey, Forrest Lamp caught a, you know, tackle screen mm-hmm. for a touchdown. It was competitive though, wasn't it? It was back and forth. It was like fifty nine thirty. Yeah, it was like you guys getting points on the board. Yeah, but our defense, <laughs> our defense <laughs> tended to struggle a little bit. But it is what it is. Yep. Now, uh, uh, let's get you out to Arlington. How about that? Let's do that next. Seth Hennigan, star quarterback for the University of Memphis, will join the show when I return right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Memphis quarterback Seth Hennigan is on the line right now. Live from AAC Media Days at Seth underscore Hennigan. Seth, how's it going, my brother? It's going great. It's going great. How about yourself? Uh, it's going well. It's going well. So AAC Media Days right now. You're in uh, You're in Arlington over there at uh, Texas Live. We packed you into the uh, PJ like sardines. How uh, how's it been so far? Oh, it's been it's been a great experience. You know, getting to talk to the media and getting to meet, you know, some of these uh, opposing players uh, outside of their uniform and helmet. Um, and just it's, it's been a great atmosphere. And Texas Live is, is an awesome hotel. You know, it's looking right at AT and T Stadium, so it's a beautiful view and good people. It's been a good time. Oh, you definitely you have to know the historical significance of the last time. Uh, we had all Memphis fans there at Texas Live, right? Oh, in 2018 oh, yeah. Cotton Bowl year. How about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, you guys are picked fourth in the AAC preseason media poll. I, I, this is sort of a, a question I have to ask you. I, obviously, I, I played, and I understand when you where you get picked is not where you expect to end up. You expect to be in, to end up at the top of the conference just about every single year. Um but do you guys draw motivation from that? Like, what, what, what do you think about where you're picked? Do you pay attention to it at all? How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel pretty indifferent, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at Tulane, they were picked seventh uh, in our conference last year, and then they ended up winning. Um, so at the end of the day, it's about uh, what you do on the field. But, I mean, you can't blame them for, for the position that we're picked because, you know, we lost to Tulane last year. We lost to SNU. Uh, and then we – and then – uh, UTSA, I think, is at the top, and they're coming off back-to-back Conference USA championships, uh, and, and they're a good team. So at the end of the day, just you got to, you know, control the controllables, and you know, it, it's just media stuff. At the end of the day, right. we got to play football, and that's what we're here for. So I mean, I, I hope our guys can, can you know, draw motivation from that though, for sure, no, uh, and maybe maybe use it as a chip on our shoulder to, to work harder. Right. Right now, last couple of years, you guys have been six and six, and there's been some ups and downs, highs, lows. Um, how much frustration uh, do do you guys draw from the last two years, or, or do you guys just sort of try to clean the slate, wipe it clean, and move into this year, um, not thinking about what has happened the last two years and, and some of the lows that you've had to deal with, some close games, some things that didn't go your way, some blown leads, that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you just gotta, you know, wipe the slate. Uh, started new. Uh, personally, you know, I'm one of the uh, people who've played more games uh, on this Memphis team, and we have a lot of transfers uh, who are coming in to play big roles this year. And they don't know they don't know much about the last two years. You know, they weren't here the last two years, right? So they're not going to think about the last two years either. Um, so uh, I'm doing the same thing. I never really think about the past and just focus on the now. Um, so uh, just got to focus on what's happening right now, which is this season, and you know, I have the, the the games in the back of my mind. Obviously, uh, the losses, and I've learned from those, um, right. and also the wins. Um, but just take, taking things one day at a time and focusing on this season. So you talk about a bunch of transfers coming in. Do you even recognize uh, what, what the starting lineup's going to look like going into uh, fall camp and going into the season? You guys, I mean, you guys have reloaded bunch of bunch of new faces. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, people wanting a second chance. Uh, uh, at a different school, uh, at a new place, uh, we're giving them that opportunity. So I, I think that they're going to do special things for us. But you know, uh, a lot of the lineups are 
might be determined by fall camp, you know. Right. Um, I mean, I have a strong sense of, you know, who could potentially start um, at receiver or offensive tackle or, or in the secondary. But, you know, you know, coaches still probably have question marks and, and want to see between two guys or something of that nature. And fall camp is, you know, where, where that's determined. So uh, I'm sure our guys are ready to compete and trying to earn a spot, earn a starting role, and then just go from there. Now, I know you're ready to roll with whoever whoever's out there with you. Talking with Seth Hennigan, at Seth underscore Hennigan on Twitter, Memphis Football. Uh, he is their, uh, he's their starting quarterback, star quarterback. Now, I know you're ready to throw to whoever's out there on the outside for you, but, I mean, just looking at last year, the four leading receivers there for you are elsewhere. Obviously, you guys reloaded. You bring in Toski. You bring in uh, uh, Demir Blankumsey. Um, who do you expect to be out there? Um, and, and how confident are you in, in replacing the production that may have left from last year's team? Uh, first of all, I'm really confident that we can replace the protection, the production of, of last year's team. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, with me returning, uh, I'm also a main factor that contributed to that, right. uh, the, that production too. And to predict, you know, some people who might be key factors, I'd say, you know, Demir Blankensee, uh, I, I've gotten pretty close with him and, uh, he's a great player, and I, I think he's really special with the ball in his hands. And then, you know, Rock Taylor, he's been here for two years and played sparingly, and I think he, he'll he have an increased role on our team this year. And other than that, you know, Kowski Dove, we have Joe Skates, Kobe Drake. But, you know, there, there's some there's still some depth in that receiver room too, but um, the, we'll, we'll see who, who's going to be who's going to be our, the rest of our guys. Now, last technical thing as we head into fall camp, we we talk about this this run game helping you out, helping the offense out, getting you guys on pace. It's best to be balanced as an offense. I think you would agree. And maybe the last two years have not gone uh, accordingly in, in that realm. But you guys did a good job. The staff at least did a good job of jo- going to get a guy like Blake Watson, going to get all these guys in the backfield. You have some uh, some some different transfers that that are there up front. Um, how do you feel about where the run game's going to be as you guys start fall camp? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I have nothing but confidence in our running game. Um, and I feel like with the improvement of the running game, it'll just improve the passing game and then improve our offense as a whole. So, mm-hmm. you know, it all works together. And uh, it's definitely good to have a balanced attack. So the addition of Blake Watson uh, is, is big for our program and big for our offense. So, uh, but it all starts up front. You know, the offensive line is, is the key to a successful team. Um, so uh, they just got to be able to pound the rock and, and, and do their job and pick up blitzes, which is a tall task yep. um, facing, facing some, some freaks on the defensive line. But um, uh, I think they have it in them, and I'm excited to see what they can do. Talking with Memphis quarterback Seth Hennigan, at Seth underscore Hennigan, live from AAC Media Days. Now you, I want to talk about you for a second. You've gone from number 14 to number 5. The number two, back-to-back-to-back years. I know a lot of people. I always held my number 71 very close to me um, and ne- never played a game without it. Um, what, what, what's the explanation there? With, with switching numbers, you, you don't hold one too, uh, too close to your heart, it seems. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm kind of the opposite, you know. Um, I feel like a number, it doesn't really, doesn't really define me. And uh, the name on the back of my jersey is more than just, you know, the number. Um, so, I mean, it, it may give me less you know, attention, uh, you know, people might notice me no more if I stayed with the same number. They'd be like, oh, that's a Memphis quarterback. You know, he's been that number for – he's going on his third year as a starter. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that's 
that kind of doesn't really matter to me. And I just changed my number because it's kind of become my my shtick, I guess. Yeah. You know, I, I did it in so. high school, and then after my freshman year, I was like, I'm going to change to five, and then and then everyone's like, Oh wow, you change your number every year. So I was like, might as well do it again, you know. So <laughs> have you have uh, you have you ever stuck with the same number? Like going that like just dating back to high school at least. Have you ever stuck with the same number year to year? No, high school I changed my number every year. Middle nice. school, I, I've always been a different number. So okay, that's uh, just I don't know. That's a different approach. We know that. Yeah. That's a different approach, no doubt. Um, now we talk about you in your freshman year. I mean, stepping in. There were some injuries in the preseason. You had as a true freshman to step in and be that guy. How much? What are, What are your biggest areas of growth from then, from game one to where you are now, heading into fall camp, heading into season? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen seen it all pretty much. Uh, there was some things my freshman year that that I would make mistakes on that I look at now, and I'm like, that like that's easy to that's easy to determine that you know the ends are dropping on this play and they're bringing double a bullets from the linebackers or something like that right uh but you know now looking back it's like eh, things are kind of moving Th- things are moving slower for sure mm-hmm. um so it's just like the game the game's always kind of came a little bit naturally to me and i've always had great players around me too so um that's re- that's really a blessing but just kind of you know seeing the game in slow motion and having so many reps you know experience is the best teacher so right um just getting that experience and stuff like that. So your high school days at Denton Ryan, your, your pops was your coach, Dave, Dave Hennigan. Yep. Um, how much of a help was, was having him in your corner all those years and having, uh, you know, being able to learn all those things in high school. And by the time you got to college, you were able to play just about right away. Like how much of a help was having that at your disposal, your entire high school career? Yeah, that was definitely a, a, a big advantage, you know, having him in my corner but he never really pushed football onto me. He just right. he let me choose my own path, uh, which is what all dads should do: let their kids just figure out what they want to do for themselves. Um, and and I told him at the end of my sophomore year, after I started a season, I was like, I want to be successful. I want to get a scholarship as a quarterback uh, in college football. And so after I told him that, he just held me to that standard. And you know, he always I always kind of knew football, just playing NCAA football on my PS3 growing up. Right, and then just learning football, you know. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'd say I'm a fast learner, and uh, and things kind of stick with me pretty easily. So, if I care about it, then it, it came kind of naturally. And you know, he taught me, and I'm grateful for him for that. Uh, and heck, speaking of uh, NCAA football, I want to bring that up. We haven't seen it since uh, 2014. What's your take? What's your take on uh, it coming back? Uh, we're gonna have NCAA football 23. Um, are you, are you, have you missed it? Have you missed it? And do you want to, I mean, obviously be part of the game. I mean, there, there's been some pushback from certain folks around the country. Where, where do you stand yeah. on being in that game and getting that game out? Oh, I mean, I, I'd be in the game for free. I'd, I'd, pay to, <laughs> I'd pay $500 to get the game and be in the game. Right. Uh, that, that's exciting. Um, but yeah, I missed the game for sure. And I don't know if it will come back because based off what I've read on Twitter, you know, some of the more, uh, some of the more popular guys, I, I mean, they probably want more money for since they'll be used more or things of that nature. So, I don't you really know, know, I hope we can figure it out. I got to say that I yeah, hope we can figure it out. Even sure. I mean, we, I mean, I, I, I got done in 2017, and we were holding on to our Xbox 360s just so we could play it and update yeah. the rosters and do all that type of thing. So it's it's been frustrating not seeing it out, but we'll see. I, I would imagine that they'll they'll probably uh, everybody will come to their senses eventually. 
Yeah, I hope they do. Yeah. Now, um, last thing for you, uh, I just sort of want to ask on, on the NIL front for you and your teammates, obviously I'm not saying that's on the forefront of your guys' minds when we're talking about what you're going to do on a football field and the production you're going to put out there on Saturdays, um, but how much has it, has it changed for you guys from a community outreach standpoint, um, it, just from, from you know, behind the scenes, it changing your situation, uh, whether you're, you know, eating better, um, using that money on, on housing, like how much has it changed for you since being in, uh, since being at the university of Memphis, being able to take advantage of those name, image and likeness opportunities? Yeah, it's definitely a great opportunity for us and, and athletes, you know, all across the NCAA. Uh, and yeah, I mean, mainly if, if I get anything, then I'll, I'll try and put it into savings if I can. Right. Um, but you know, it, we definitely work for it. Um, you know, Clay Preston, the 901 fund, uh, they do a great job. And, you know, we put our hours in, you know, try, we go to a lot of nonprofit organization events, things of that nature, whereas people I know uh, uh, across the country kind of, you know, just might be given their money or some, something like that. But um, it's definitely a blessing to be able to receive anything, anything like that. And, you know, uh, Memphis collectives and, uh, we do a good job of trying to make people happy, and that's definitely not on the forefront of my mind. Um, mm. You know, winning games is, and right. everything else falls into place after that. So mm-hmm. um, that, that should be everyone's approach, but it isn't, but it should be. Um, no but doubt. No I doubt. Just name the game these days, and yes. just got to accept that and, you know, play, play it how it is. Yep, for sure. Now, uh, what's, the, what's the rest of your schedule today? Do you even know? Or is Scott just sort of leading you down the down the path? No, 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 Scott. Scott, he's leading me right. Uh, he's doing a great job. Does a great job for us. <laughs> no question. But, um, but uh, yeah, the rest of the day we just have a couple more like media, media like interviews, and then we have to fly back to Memphis because we have to run, uh, run, our, run our one tens and then practice. <laughs> so uh, there's no days off. You did, know, did, did, did you at least get hinted to how many one tens? That was always the worst part is getting out there and having to having to guess. Uh, no, they they try and they try and keep okay. us guessing to work you. on our. Uh, Mental strength, things like that. So. I got you. Well, tell Coach Silverfield I said hello. Tell tell Coach Noah I said hello as well. And we'll, yes, uh, yes, we'll holler down the road. Appreciate it, Seth. Yes, sir. Thank you. That is Memphis quarterback Seth Hennigan. Has to do media availability and then shows back up on campus for 110s. What a day for him. <laughs> Golly. That's rough. How about it? <laughs> now, we need to transition to a little bit of NFL talk as Saquon Barkley is going to return to the Giants, he's going to be on hand for camp. He agrees to a one-year, $11 million incentive-laden deal. What message does this send to the rest of NFL running backs fighting for their own money? I'll tell you on the other side right here on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. It's Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. And don't forget, go to 92.9ESPN.com. It's the Church Health Day of Giving. So make sure you get your donations in there. You can click the link on the site, 92.9ESPN.com. Whatever you donate will be matched. Good cause. We love, um, you know, helping people around the area. And this money goes to helping a lot of people around the area. But again, your donation will be matched, 92.9ESPN.com. Click the link. Donate away. Donate away. Now, Saquon Barkley. (laughs) And the Giants have reached a deal. He was supposed to be on the franchise tag. Which was ten point oh one million, if you will, and he denied that he didn't want to sign his franchise tender. So 
Saquon and the Giants have agreed to terms. One year, $11 million. What does this do that the franchise tag doesn't? Well, he beats the franchise tag mm-hmm. by a little bit, $990,000. And he gets a $2 million signing bonus up front. Ultimately, though, what does this contract, what type of message does this send to the rest of the running backs on that Zoom call, the guys that have been on that group chat that really want to push for more money? This does nothing for them. This hurts them. Saquon is settling. This is the definition of settling. Josh Jacobs and the rest of those running backs should be furious with what has happened here. After group texting, Zooming, talking about what they need to do to push their value back up, nothing's happened. Daniel Jones got a $40 million contract per year because of Saquon and what he has been able to do. The on versus off numbers, I've gone over them a million times. It's not even close. When Saquon's on the field for Daniel Jones, he's a better quarterback. He helps that team drastically. Ran for 1,300 yards. Tied for the lead in receptions on that team. Also with this deal... He has incentives added for three categories. He has to have 1,350 rushing yards plus a playoff berth to meet one. That's, uh, that's going to be tough. You got to get in the playoffs with the Giants, and he ran for about that last year, maybe a little bit under. He has to have 65 receptions. He had 57 last year, so that's the second part. And he has to have 11 touchdowns. That seems relatively doable. We'll see if he can make it happen. He's a good uh, good catcher of the ball out of the backfield. He can run the ball. He can do goal line work. So we'll see what happens there. We wonder if the Giants will keep them away, keep him away from reaching those uh, incentives by the end of the year. But hopefully they're not that petty. But this is a perfect example of what I've been trying to explain through this entire running back value conversation. The dynamics at play here. It's, it's hard to beat. It's hard to get guys on the same page. What do I mean by that? I mean that, well, this guy wants to hold out for $15 million a year. Another guy's being realistic with himself. A guy like Saquon Barkley, 26, going on 27 years old, he doesn't know what he's going to look like if he sits out a year and comes back at 28 or 29. He doesn't know what's going to happen with his career. He doesn't know if he'll get Wally pipped. He doesn't know. Everything about being a running back in the NFL, the body blows you take, the injuries that happen inevitably every year, wear on your psyche, wear on your body. So where does that leave you down the road? Are you going to be able to take advantage and get the contract that you want if you skip out on a year? Saquon's showing us that at the end of the day, guys will do what's in their best interest. He's going to take that $11 million because that's what's in his best interest right this second. He doesn't know what's going to happen with his life. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.